I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. God, like you could not listen to that particular track from Elvis and not just be kind of really lifted up uh, by the time you're you're done at the end. It's no wonder. Wasn't that used for one of the lottery ads or something like that? If I can dream. Um, I wasn't you know. actually listening, if truth be told. <laughs> I was just dreaming. Time. I was dreaming about <laughs> Elvis. Sure, anything Elvis sang. I mean, let's be honest. He was so beautiful to look at, and he. Still, I know Linda. It's Sunday. <laughs> he, so, he was so he kind of imbued everything with uh, like the magic X factor, didn't he? <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, the messing has begun with Linda Kenny and Alex McCarthy <laughs> live <one>. in studio. <laughs> <Round one. laughs> the two of you guys are so welcome in this morning. We're here Thank to you. chat about the fabulous fifties. I mean, we had the swinging 60s. What was it? The fabulous 50s? Was there any kind of catchphrase? Yeah, that bopping, the 50s? At, bopping at the drive-in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's going, what's a drive-in? Or what's a bopping? I'm a bopping, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, actually, is the drive-in still open in Carrick Tool or did that close down? I have no idea. But I loved the concept of the drive-in. Uh, but the practical side of me always thought about the fogged up windows. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Other people who went meant, and watched the film. I don't meant breeding. <laughs> the breed. No, um, but this, the, the whole concept of the show was like something summery, vibey. You know, the music that you'd have been listening to on the radio while you waited for the movie to start at the drive-in. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Okay. Well, there, there was <laughs> that kind theory. of thing. That's one theory. There was that <laughs> idea. Because, like, ye are celebrating the whole era of the fabulous 50s and that those incredible, incredible soundtracks um, at the next Everman Sunday Songbook. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we're talking about. And the whole title that it's been given is Bopping at the Drive-In because there was that sort of era. And I guess my 
feeling about the 50s if I think about the 50s because naturally just like before our time it was history Elmer. it was we history learned about it in school so we did uh, um, uh, having uh, lived <laughs> through that history uh, you missed a lot by the sound of it you know because it was such a, an amazing it was an amazing decade actually it doesn't yeah. get the same sort of um, swinging publicity that the 60s do but it was an amazing decade there was a huge revolution in music for a start. Rock and roll. It, rock and roll. Elvis Presley. He was he was the touchstone. He he drew from uh country, he drew from the blues, he drew from gospel, pulled it all together and in the shape of the most handsome young fella that ever walked this planet, uh he could send it out. And it was it was pure sexual energy at the same yeah. time. So the straights in in the United States went bananas, you know. Ban him, you know. Well, stop he was banned this. for his gyrating. You know? Yeah, and for me his too. <laughs> and me too, Alpha as well. <laughs> he, um, he was giving us a demonstration here while Elvis was playing in the background. Uh-huh. He was, it was something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, can you imagine? Uh, someone being banned for their inappropriate actions on stage. I mean, now we're it's the, the pendulum has swung so far <laughs> to the other extreme. But we do actually have a little clip because one of the things we do is we use a giant screen and obviously we project the lyrics for people to sing along. But also we use little video clips and photographs and everything to reinforce the whole storyline and they're tied in with the n- narration. But there's a clip from a reverend. I can't tell you what reverend Ever is. Everwood, I think his name was and from um, georgia from georgia mm-hmm. and i mean it's so it, it's vindictive you know and it's it's you know if you listen to what was the one blueberry hill is it backwards that there was a message from the devil yeah <laughs> but should this, this is what they used the to say the next generation yeah. you know true. Yeah. but like you, you can imagine like and obviously focusing in on america and i suppose in when i think of the 50s mm-hmm. Ireland was a different planet compared to America in the 50s. And like this Ireland is focused its, in America, yeah. really. Ireland was on its knees, whereas we saw America on the movies. Yeah. And that's, that's the it. kind of image, you know, we think of the advertising of things mm. in the 50s and how women were sold stuff in the 50s mm. and how men were sold stuff for their women in the <laughs> 50s, which was like scandalous. But it was the sort of the big, bold technicolor American dream mm. uh, on screen. But it was it? also quite simple and innocent, you know. Um, and so racist. Oh, you know, very, yeah. Because yes. when you talk uh, about that, by the talk way, about news that, alert, Georgian, uh, things yeah. haven't changed. <laughs> well, yeah. But like when you mention, you know, they're using the, the clip, we'll say, from that um, mm. preacher, yeah. like the 50s was the e- that was the decade when Rosa Parks sat on the bus and oh, yeah. you know yeah. kicked yes. it all off mm, and uh, yeah. so like Alf you as the narrator and the storyteller in these shows you just have the most amazing time um yourself and Carl McCabe the director and writer going through all these stories from the 50s and each era that you explore and bringing it to life well when we sat down to do this show we Carl says we need a title yeah. So there was a title kind of thrown in there, which kind of changed along the way. Uh, and out of that then grew the idea of a few elements that we would bring into the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the things that Cahill likes to do, 
uh, instead of a straight narrator, is to write a character. And he wrote a character for me for this particular one. Oh, great. So I'm an, I'm a guy reminiscing about the 50s and my first love kind of thing. Oh. Uh, and through that, we used the music then to illustrate that some of the wonderful oh my songs. Like gosh. Only You and... Uh, Unchained Melodies. Oh, Unchained Melodies. And, and, yeah. and in his storyline, which is like going side by side with the actual storyline of what happened in American 50s. Yeah. And of course, it's a, it's a culture that we would have all absorbed in Ireland because we got it through the movies and through the radio. He tells this little innocent first love story, uh, the backdrop of which was playing on the radio was Unchained Melody. And then when it all breaks up, they play Unchained Melody again. And honestly, every single night I'm fighting the tears because... Phoenix moment. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's just, I mean, obviously that came from ghost people. See, a lot of, I, I actually knew more of the 50s songs than I did of the 60s songs, mm. which is pretty ironic. Well, it's not ironic in that I didn't really grow up in either era, but like, I... Yeah, I hold I, you, Linda, let's get to it. Let's <laughs> cut to the chase. Like. I mean, seriously. I wasn't mindful of the 60s. Mm. But 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 I, I guess a lot of them were used as a backdrop to movies, you know, like Ghost, That's like Grease. Um, well, Grease is probably original songs, but, you know, we became very familiar, like uh, Dirty Dancing. So we doff our hats to, uh, you know, a lot of that music. So there will be loads of familiar music for every generation. It's not just pitched at people who live through the 50s. I mean, 30s, 40s, 50s uh, year olds will all know material from this. Because the music has been, like the music that came out of that era actually um, has been tapped into and sampled and re-released so many times since. Yeah. You know, it's like advertising, movies. Uh, And they were dubbed the luckiest generation Mm. because the Second World War was over and kids were now like in their teens, in the 50s, music was changing, cinema was changing. There was a like a revolution going on and uh, they had money in their pockets, you know, because their parents had gone through the depression, the Great Depression. They were starving. Then the Second World War and gee, and here we are. Uh, so these kids were out to have a good time uh, and the music reflected that, mm. you know, it was like, it was good fun music. It was, know? and and it was music that they played around the water cooler. You know, they hung out in the in the by the soda fountain yeah. and in the in the little candy store. And then, of course, the the music that was considered, you know, uh, to be distrusted. The black music came in, but that was the freedom. Yeah, and um, and I, that was the, the revolution. Really, that was the revolution. Yeah, and and Presley was the one who interpreted all of that. Yeah, he was, as I said earlier, the glue. He, he was the one. He was the Harry he really Styles was. of his generation. He was Harry, the Harry Styles <laughs> of his <Okay>. generation. <laughs> the debate ensues. Elvis Styles. Mm. There ain't no contest. I was so trying true. to make a current. <laughs> At least you didn't say Tiny Tim. Um, Cool. Tiptoe. Anyway, that, that's another generation. But the thing is, it, it is so true. Like the the whole era of that time was was very much like a post-war kind of euphoria, oh, yeah. if you like, you know. Yeah. Once the kind of the aftershock and the grief and people had kind of picked themselves up and dusted themselves off and said, okay, we made it through two world wars. Yeah. What are we here for? We're here to live. And they went and did it large. And like, 
it was the first time people were able to buy gadgets for your kitchen and yeah. things like that. I mean, yeah. like Ireland was only just barely getting rural electrification rolled <laughs> exactly, out around yeah. the entire exactly. country, you know, the last, you know, previous 10, 10 years at the most. Um, and there were still places in Ireland that didn't have electricity and, you know, piped water from the public supply. And when you think about how different Ireland yeah. was yeah. to, to how different America was, and it was something incredible. And this was the era as well when people, you know, began to have a television in their house. They would have rented it for a large part. We did, as a family, you know? actually. Mum and Dad were telling me that, you know, we rented the television. And, and American <laughs> American culture must have seemed like the technicolour exactly. lifestyle. Oh, yeah. You know, the what, Brady Bunch. One of my first jobs was with RTV Rentals. Oh, rentals yeah. in Patrick Street. And it was the coolest place on the planet because people would come in and... Uh, They'd rent their set. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you'd get the complaints like, uh, come here, the telly's broke, you know, that kind of stuff. There are lines on it. There were always lines oh on it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and you had to send out a techie uh, to have a look at this, you know, basically with just a little twiddle of an up. But the technology was so baffling to people, you know, that at that time, RTV rentals. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. tuning your television with the horizontal and the vertical and all that kind yeah, of crack, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of those buttons, <laughs> um, you know, it was something, something else. You know, it really was an incredible time. I mean, you have done this show, Bopping at the Drive-In, yeah. the fabulous era of the 50s, in a few different places in the country already. And that's yeah. what I love as well, is as a team, you do go on tour and that sort of thing. And gosh almighty, like the PR and the work and the production that must go into all of that and selling it around the country. It's huge. I mean, I just know that even in Cork, when people are trying to sell things, you, you know, may not necessarily put up posters anymore. You have to put up a post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, contact people, you know, do all sorts of, of press. And it's very keep, hard. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it is. And, you know, one of the things I love uh, about what we do is that we are architects of our own destiny which is wonderful and so we get to pick things that we love doing we get to work with amazing people that we absolutely adore there is a complete family dynamic we all feel like we're uh, in one big family and we do all love each other um but it is really relentless this need yeah. to to pitch to promote um, and it kind of goes against the right sometimes I, I, I even get bored of myself <laughs> like oh here she is promoting again because you know I was a publicist uh, you know a, a book publicist in a previous incarnation that's and how we reconnected yeah, as adults actually you had New Leaf publicity that's right. and when I started the arts show um, 23 years ago now uh, yeah you were one of the first people to send me books for review and author interviews and and um, that's how we reconnected as adults. That is which true. Is, yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about that is that I was probably one of the very first book publicists in the country because at that time, you know, if you send something into the media, they go, hmm, how could we do that now? But because uh, things became a bit more competitive as a book publicist, you had to be more innovative. But now, thankfully, you know, I have all that behind me. I'm always thinking with a commercial marketing hat. But it is the the need to market now. And the need to have just one simple message is so um, relevant because of the glut and -hmm. like the wealth, actually, glut makes it sound negative, the wealth of competition, the amount of competing festivals, even right now, festivals. I can't believe that the Marquee and Musgrave Park 
coincided. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like in terms of of uh, of scheduling, you think seriously, lads. You know, you could probably have got the same people to go to to con- you know the concerts that were on at the same night. You know, PJ Coogan used to talk about that before, and one of the things he mm. um, suggested or ran or flew at one point was setting up a festivals calendar for Cork so that Absolutely. festivals could actually plan properly, not clash with each other, and uh, you know people would have a chance to kind of choose between gigs and plan out uh, the kind of calendar a bit better. And it's something maybe he might uh, or should I actually I think it's revisit. an excellent idea. Mm. Um, but having said all that, it, doesn't, it didn't seem to have made a dent in either um, festival because they both seem to have done really well. But just in terms of, you know, being producers, there is always that relentless need to promote, need to kind of pop your head up above the parapet and go, oh, just a little reminder. Because, you know, like we're all busy I know something will come up and I'll say I'll definitely go to that and then I completely forget and you need to be actually reminded several times before you go oh my god I forgot to get those tickets you know what I mean um, but you, there is a really delicate balancing um, act between being actually good at selling the message on being a pest you know and, and, and <coughs> are you, are you, are you yes stop. Uh, first of all give me a, a p pest. give me an e give me an s give me a t what's that spell linda thank you but i have to say actually i'm going to go in now and cry thanks very you're much you're the best the thing is the thing is uh you know that is the perfect time to tell people the date of this particular oh, yeah. production on, in the your job. it is sunday the 9th, 9th of yeah. july so yeah. it's today fortnight <clears throat> Today fortnight, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, Uh, the the great thing about working with Cotton McCabe is that when he sits down to write something, he he really embraces it. And we were throwing in these ideas at the beginning, and he said he'd write a character. So he wrote the character for me from Philadelphia, and I'm going, "What does a Philadelphian sound like?" (laughs) So the first thing I did, I went on YouTube, yes, and just get all this Philadelphia slang. Okay, oh, that's great. So I've been working that into the script. you know, and having a bit of fun. So that kind of gave me my accent then for the character, you know. But Can you teach us any little bit of kind of Philadelphia well, slang? Well, the, the great one is Juan. Uh, if Juan. something is Juan, that's like, uh, be there, sir. That'd be the equivalent in Cork. No, it's the best thing ever. That is just Juan, would be one. How um, do you spell that? Uh, J-A-W-N. Juan. Juan. There you are. Uh, and you see, it, it's on the East Coast, so you've got New Jersey, which is very, and then you've got New York, and then you've got Boston, which is very broad vowel. Yeah. And then in between, you've got Philly, Philadelphia. And, uh. Do you love all of that? I um, do. Sinking your teeth a into a new accent and. I do, yeah. Juiciness. I actually do, yeah. They're, they're, they're good fun to do, you know. And the audience love it as well, like, yeah, you know, because uh, you get. And every now and again, I step out of character, which doesn't help. Because <laughs> <laughs> Colin McCabe says, well, actually, he wouldn't say that now. <laughs> and, and, and you know the thing is that Alan Carney, our musical director, Brian Hyland, Jimmy uh, Hines, and John McGrath on the stage. I mean, they get to listen to you doing your John um, all the time, and they they're always howling at stage. Like it really is so fun. Um, and myself and Damien are too busy changing. <laughs> I was going to oh, say yeah. changing our clothes, but that made it sound very. <laughs> He's Hello. on one side of the stage and I'm on the other. Well, it, it used to be that uh, Linda had all the clothes changes. You know, I should go off and come in with a new dress and you get the use in the eyes. But now his demon is, is putting on jackets and he's putting on tuxedos. Oh, yeah. We've crossed the Rubicon. Damien now has yeah, more yeah, outfits yeah. than me. Yeah. But thankfully, Yvonne Cronin keeps it all going. Side stage is brilliant. Yeah, yeah.
Listen, we are going to take a track from one of the high uh, movies of the 50s and just remind people that the fantastic bopping at the drive-in, the celebration of the stories of the 50s, the era of the 50s and the music of the 50s is on the 9th of July in the Everman Theatre. I just want to say one last thing. I think this is the last day for a little competition that's running on the Everyman uh, website. Am I allowed to uh-huh, say that? You can. Um, if people want to go on, um, they can actually be in with the chance to win lunch at the Greenwich, the gorgeous Greenwich Cafe. Yes. And then followed by the show. So uh, I'll post details on our um, Facebook page, which is the Great Sing Along Songbook. And our, our individual pages will all have it as well. And just follow the links and be in with the chance to win. Brilliant. Listen, guys, the best of luck with this. Thank you so, that ball. so I have heard among this clan you are called a forgotten man. Is that what they're saying? Well, did you ever? What a swell party this is. And have you heard the story of a boy, a girl, unrequited love? Sounds like pure soap opera. I may cry. Tune in tomorrow. What a swell party this is.